Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We about to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it up, up, bring the house down. Got that big space pump and make them bounce now. Blousing like they bouncing in the this is AEW Unrestricted. It's Aubrey. It's Will. And we are talking about AEW Revolution. It is this Sunday. It's live on pay-per-view March 3rd from the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, yes. North Carolina. This is one of the biggest shows AEW has ever put on. A monumental show. And usually, pay-per-view week, uh, we usually have the boss man, Tony Khan, here with us. But Tony Khan is double booked this week because he's a very busy guy. Very busy. But we've got something else for you this week going into AEW Revolution. We're going to be joined by so many different guys this week. We've got the current AEW World Champion, Samoa Joe. He's going to be with on a little bit la- on with us excuse me, a little bit later to talk about his match with Swerve Strickland and Hangman Adam Page. We've also got the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, coming up to talk about his match with Eddie Kingston. But first... We're actually joined by a man who's challenging Christian Cage for the TNT Championship this Sunday night. It's the one and only Daniel Garcia. Hey. Daniel Garcia, thank you for being here with us. Man, what an intro. That was was fire. I love that. (laughs) We need some more of that. Hey, we need some more of you, though. We have seen you all. (laughs) Like, coming out of the Continental Classic, I feel like... It has really become the Daniel Garcia show as of late. You have been killing it since you've come out of the classic. And of course, you made your intentions known for the TNT championship just a few weeks ago when you and FTR actually defeated the patriarchy. And here you are now going into a pay-per-view revolution, one of the biggest shows we've ever done. And you've got the opportunity to take the TNT championship away from Christian Cage. What's on your mind going into this? These are the opportunities that you know, everybody waits for in wrestling. This is the kind of opportunity that I've always wanted, that I've always knew that I could handle. Like, Will, how many times have we talked about things like this, you know? Like, this is what I've always wanted, and I feel more than ready and more than prepared. I feel as ready as ever to go into the biggest AEW show of all time, the best AEW show of all time, where the feeling is 100%, no doubt about it, restored. To walk in the challenger, walk out as champion, it's going to be a great way to to kick off in, a, you know, a little benchmark of this new era of AEW that we've been in over the past couple months. Speaking of new era, we had you on the podcast a long, long time ago, back when you sort of first joined AEW, and you've gone through a major growth since then. You joined the Jericho Appreciation Society, you've signed, kind of set off on your own. There's this whole dance that came about. But I feel like now is a perfect time for Daniel Garcia, because not only 
do we get to see this fun-loving side of you with this dance that you do that everybody loves. But I think everyone in the crowd is appreciating what it is you bring in the ring. Your technical mm-hmm. background, you as a wrestler, uh, your intensity, all of these things. What has that growth as a wrestler been like for you leading to this moment this weekend? So I've always felt like I've been ready for opportunities like this. I've always felt prepared. I've always, I've always felt like I could be in a position like this. But I feel like now the difference is the people are ready as well. I feel like, you know, I'm a bus driver. And I feel like for the past two and a half, three years, I feel like I've been loading the bus. I, I've been at the bus stop. I've been waiting for everybody to get on. Okay, you got a ticket. You got a ticket. All right, come on, get on the bus. Get on the bus. And you know, now the bus is about full, and it's it's about time to start that journey together. And I feel like uh, winning that TNT title is a great way to uh, you know start that journey with these people. So yeah, a couple weeks ago, you had a match with Adam Copeland, which I imagine just on its own, I, I felt I could almost feel it for you being in the ring with Adam Copeland when you guys had the the confrontation on the mic on uh, Collision just beforehand. But to actually step in the ring with Adam Copeland, knowing that, you know, we're talking about one of the most legendary figures in the history of professional wrestling and a guy who's got a very storied history with the TNT champion Christian Cage. And I think a guy that a lot of people kind of pegged as being in this spot. But Mm -hmm. there you were in the ring with Adam Copeland. Of course, the patriarchy took him out with the concerto. And that leads to you getting this shot here. And you kind of calling your shot on the mic just last week in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Talk to me a little bit about what that experience has been like and what it feels like to essentially step in between two rivals, two longtime rivals, and could essentially play spoiler for those two, essentially take the championship away from their story. Yeah, it's funny that you say spoiler, that you took the words right out of my mouth. I feel like I've always been somewhat of a spoiler throughout my wrestling career. I feel like I've always been in spots that weren't necessarily, you know, made for me or um, the spot wasn't intended for me. But I feel like I always find a way of working myself and wiggling and squirming my way into those spots through, um, you know, through a lot of hard work, but also through a lot of luck and a lot of, um, you know, good placement. And I feel like that's how I found myself in this match. I have a pretty good record over, over since the start of the year with the rank kickings back. I feel like I've been picking up a lot of wins, picking up a lot of momentum. But everybody knows, you know, this match should have been Adam Copeland's, right? It should have been Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage for the title. Sold out arena, eight, biggest AEW show of all time. That should have been the match. But, you know, it didn't end up working that way. And whether the match got thrown out or not, whether or not Christian Cage came in and hit Adam Copeland with the concerto or not, this is the match that would have ended up happening. I would have made Adam Copeland tap out in the middle of the ring, but now he has an excuse to come back with. Like Christian Cage did Adam Copeland a favor in a way because now he can he can come back and get a title shot soon. He didn't take a loss. If Christian Cage didn't come in, he would have taken the L and he would have had to get to the back of the line. He would have had to do double the matches in the Cope Open and uh, it would have been a long way from the top. But, you know, now he gets a couple weeks off. He's going to have a little bit of headache for a little bit, probably. But when he comes back, I'm going to be waiting for him with the TNT title. I was going to say, like, it was clearly obvious to me as someone who was a foot away. You had that match won. It was 100 percent the Daniel Garcia show. Really just Christian doing you a favor. I 100% agree. I'm glad that you said that because I loved that match. That match was absolutely incredible. He had me in a submission right before it was um, right before the match I thrown out. People thought, oh, is Daniel Garcia going to tap? No way I was tapping to that submission. There wasn't a chance. I, w- I would have died than tapping that submission. To I saw it in your eyes. There was no way you were tapping. I would have died. You know, and, uh, you know, I felt Adam Copeland's gas tape 
emptying out throughout that match. You know, every time he hit me with, it got a little bit weaker, a little bit weaker. I hit him in the gut once. I heard him go, oh, I said, oh, you don't got much more left in you. I said, if, if this match goes on for another 10 minutes, I got it in the bag. You don't stand a chance. And it's going to be more of the same when he comes back. He better... He better step it up when he comes back, you know, because he's got he's got a hell of a champion waiting for him. Oh, well, one thing I wanted to ask you about has been the presence of Daddy Magic uh, as of late. You know, obviously you and Daddy Magic go way, way back and you have really been tied to him and and Angelo Parker pretty much your entire time in mm-hmm. AEW. But as of late, we've really seen the the friendship really play out on screen and we've seen that he's really been there for you through everything. He's been uh, on commentary through your matches, but then he's also been uh he came to your aid this past week or last week excuse me in Tulsa against the patriarchy how has having daddy magic in your corner and by your side been kind of a a help for you as far as this journey to the TNT championship is concerned having somebody like daddy magic Matt Menard in your life is you know it's priceless somebody who has an unconditional love and unconditional caring for you um somebody who is unwavering in his relationship with you like he is by your side literally no matter what through the ups through the downs and i think everybody has a friend like like matt menard or i hope everybody has a friend like matt menard i hope they're blessed enough to have somebody like him who you know he doesn't pull punches if he feels like you're messing up he's going to tell you that you're messing up and he's going to be loud and in your face about it and in the moment you might hate it in the moment you might hate him for it but you know a couple weeks a couple months down the line you're gonna look at him and say you know what maybe you were right and thank you for telling me that you had my best interest to heart the entire time and he's somebody that you know i'm in a business where there's a bunch of negativity and a lot of backstabbing and a lot of you know having to look out for people trying to take your spot he is somebody i have full trust and belief in that he will be my side no matter what. And he will always look out for me and I will always look out for him. Oh man, I love that. I mean, he's he's daddy magic in your heart, but he's daddy magic in all of our hearts. So what, what kind words? Again, you can see Daniel Garcia as he takes on Christian Cage for the TNT Championship this weekend at the Greensboro Coliseum for AEW Revolution, one of the biggest shows we've ever done. It's a huge crowd. Check it out. You can watch it on pay-per-view, traditional pay-per-view. You can watch it. Bleacher Report. Danny, thanks for popping by and talking to us about your match. Good luck this weekend. Thank y'all for having me. Next time you'll have me on, I'll be a TNT champion. Let's get it. Word. Let's there get we it. go. That's what I hear. Let's get it. That's not all we have on the card because we've also got two phenomenal tag teams. Uh, we've got one of the greatest tag teams of the modern era, possibly of all time, FTR taking on a team that has recently found themselves rising up the tag team rankings in AEW. It's BCC's John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli. Yeah, all of these guys are absolutely great. I mean, to to say that they're all some of the best of all time, I think is an understatement. Like, I've gushed about FTR multiple times in person on this podcast to as many people as will listen because they've changed how much I appreciate tag team wrestling. But seeing them go up against John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli, who are so, so violent. Like, that's the thing that excites me about this match is the violence versus... I don't know, the technic, the the technicism, I, I don't even know the word for it, but like the classic tag team era versus let's just beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> like we talk about styles a lot, but that's such a great mix, mixing, right? Yeah, and we saw that come to a head in Tulsa, of course, ended in a time limit draw. But just what we got from that match, I think, set the stage for what we're about to see at Revolution. These four guys got violent with each other. And I think with the reins kind of 
pulled off of this match, I think it's only going to get more and more violent with these four. It's so good. I'm so looking forward. Like uh, we always say this on pay-per-view preview episodes that it's like, oh my God, I'm so looking forward to this match. But this one's going to be really, really great. In addition to that, we've got a huge match on the card that I'm excited about. Literally everyone in my family is excited about. I learned about it because my sister texted me. It's quite literally my mom's dream match. It is Will Ospreay versus Konosuke Takeshita. And holy crap, I'm so stoked. Like, this is one of those matches where I kind of don't want to ref because I want to watch it. Like, I want to get a bag of popcorn and sit and just watch these two great guys beat the crap out of each other. Those are my favorite types of matches to watch with you, by the way, are the ones where I know that you're excited and like, just for that moment you get to step back but i'm also jealous of you when you get to be in the ring for those types of matches as well so regardless i mean if paul turner's listening to this i'm just going to put it out there like bro (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean this is one of those matches that i think we all want to be front and center for i think that knowing that Takeshita over this last year since he's been all elite but ever since really his entire time in AEW he always steps up and always shows exactly who he is we saw that in the match with Kenny Omega we saw that recently against Darby Allen and to get to do this against one of the best wrestlers in the entire world and Will Ospreay a man who we've seen in AEW before but this is his first match officially all Elite. I'm so And to get to see what All Elite Will Ospreay is about to bring to the table against a Focused and on fire, Konosuke Takeshita. I think this is one of those, you know, we talk about this being one of the biggest and best AEW cards we've ever put on. And we say that every single time, but we keep upping the ante. And this is another one of those matches that's going to prove exactly what we always say. And that is that on pay-per-view, no one touches AEW. No one touches AEW. This this might very well be match of the night, and I know there's a lot of match of the night contenders on this card. We've got a lot more to talk about here on AEW Unrestricted. We are previewing the Revolution pay-per-view this weekend in Greensboro, North Carolina at the Greensboro Coliseum. Check it out. Traditional pay-per-view. Bleacher Report. Definitely tune in. And after this break, you know, we just talked about the BCC, but we're going to be talking yes! about, of course, you know, it's hard to put one member over the other, but we've got Blackpool Combat Clubs, American Dragon, Brian Danielson joining us right here when AEW Unrestricted continues. Yay! Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is AEW Unrestricted. We're back. It's Aubrey. It's Will. Of course, as I mentioned before, we were previewing the BCC versus FTR match. Uh, But you can't talk about the BCC without this man here. He is, in my opinion, the greatest man to ever lace up a pair of boots. He is my opinion as well. (laughs) He is the American (laughs) Dragon. And this Sunday, he is challenging Eddie Kingston for the Continental Crown Championship. 
It is the one and only Brian Danielson. Brian, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks, Will. But you know what? Just as you were introducing that, your black cat walked uh-huh. across the back <laughs> yes. of your screen. And I was like, oh, no, that black cat is going to cost me the match. It's- <laughs> Oh boy, we might have to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. If no, no one I'm... knows the cat was there. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, genuinely, my, my cat is a fixture on AEW Unrestricted. But Brian, yeah. uh, it's so great to have you here. And yes. I mean, literally, just a few days ago, watched you wrestle Jun Akiyama in the middle of the ring. Uh, just another fantastic main event on AEW Collision. I, I want to ask you how you're feeling going into this match with Eddie Kingston. And ha- first off, how's your body feeling? Uh, yeah, my body, my body's feeling great. Like, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm old, right? I'm not the oldest. No. I, I, I take solace in that. And that's one of the things, when, you know, when I was r- wrestling Akiyama on Saturday, I was like, well, he's older than me. So, so yeah. But uh, that said... Despite being 42 and wrestling for uh, almost 25 years now, wow. my body feels pretty good. And so, you know, and especially after it felt so bad for so long. So it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't have to wrestle with an eye patch. I, uh, my arm, you know, my hand is full strength, you know. So it's like all these, all, these little, all these little things that happened to me in 2023, most of them have healed now. So I feel pretty good. So I want to talk a little bit more about you and Eddie Kingston in particular, because you've had some choice words for him, basically saying you don't really have respect for him. There's this wa- like wasted potential at the end of this match. If He's a he- bum is what you've said. Mm. He's a bum. Mm. Yes. There's been a lot of choice quotes. Um, and I believe at the end of this match, if he wins, you have to shake his hand. This is a very gentlemanly <laughs> stipulation. I love it. Uh, but I also feel like the lead up to this, you've basically just been wrestling all of Eddie Kingston's heroes and beating them, mm-hmm. which is just probably causing psychological damage for him going into this match. Mm-hmm. So knowing kind of your history with Eddie Kingston, because you guys have known each other for a long time, what are your personal feelings going into this match on Saturday? So, yeah, there's a lot to untangle with my history with Eddie Kingston. And I mean, there's a lot of it with the BCC, everybody in the BCC, with the exception of Yuda, right? With, uh, with Wheeler Yuda, we all have a long, deep history with Eddie Kingston and Claudio and I specifically, uh, more so I think than Mox, definitely more so than Mox. When we see Eddie Kingston, we just get so frustrated because he's this guy, right? Who has just this unlimited potential and has since, since I first met him. Right. So he's this guy, you walk up to him, right? Like in no way, shapes or form. And now it's different because I've been doing this for 25 years. But if you were to have met me when I first met Eddie Kingston, and if you were to say, Oh, who's the more charismatic, who's the person who's going to make it in wrestling, who's this and who's that it would have been Eddie Kingston because despite Despite he's just so like he's so charismatic one. He has this innate toughness just that I don't know if you know, because I don't I didn't know him when he was young, young, but I knew him in his 20s from his 20s. He had this just innate toughness that he must have grown up with and that what sort of thing. And that you just he wouldn't ever quit. Right. This this idea. But then he just had just a ton of bad habits. Right. Just what I would just say, bad habits and bad mental habits. And far as like 
if Eddie Kingston did not succeed, it was because of Eddie Kingston. It wasn't because he wasn't good enough. Because he was, to be honest, when you look at when I looked at it, he was maybe better than all of us. Maybe not in the wrestling so much, but in the overall totality of it. And I, I think I've known Eddie a little bit less than I've known Claudio, but I've known kind of the two of them in sync for a long time. And that was always Claudio's biggest frustration is this, oh, like, I work so hard and here's Eddie and he's just like the, innately so good at this. And that's one of the things that I've always believed, right? Is if you create good habits and if you work really hard, that outweighs natural talent almost every time in this game. But the reality is, is that all those bad habits that Eddie Kingston had for 20 years, he's gotten rid of a lot of them. And so when I look at, uh, you know, I was very disappointed when I lost to him in the Continental Classic. I thought the Continental Classic was mine to win. This was going to be my first championship in AEW. The introduction of a modern triple crown, right? The making this as important to AEW and to American wrestling as the G1 is in New Japan. That's what I, that's what I wanted, right? And then losing that match specifically to Eddie, it was like, man, come on. And here's why it happened, right? If I, if I look at it, it's my own fault because I, every time I've ever wrestled Eddie Kingston, and it's been multiple times, I break him mentally. And I enjoy that. You guys probably both know I enjoy breaking people mentally. You're, you're kind of a <laughs> sick motherfucker in that way. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, even backstage, for example, this last week, Matt Menard was like, bro, why are you always busting my balls? I'm like, I'm able to break him mentally by telling him that he was cosmically impotent and that he couldn't <laughs> blow up the moon, right? You can't <laughs> blow up the moon. You're cosmically impotent, right? It's a wild, stupid assertion. And of course, none of us could blow up the moon. I can't blow up the moon. He can't blow up the moon. Elon Musk can't blow up the moon. None of us can blow up the moon. <laughs> and just, <laughs> but by repeatedly saying, he's like, dude, why are you, on my, why are you always on my ass? <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> so it's just one of these joys that I have is breaking people mentally. And that also go, goes in the ring. It's also a confidence that I have that I can do most things better than most people, including like, okay, Eddie Kingston's strength is his striking. And my internal belief that I don't care if that's the best thing that you've got, I'm better at it than you. And the reality is, is, is that's probably not true, right? Like uh, Eddie Kingston, I think is a better puncher than me. I'm a better kicker than he is. He's a better chopper than I am. And that's, you know, and that's something that I don't like to say. I don't like to say it, right? Because, uh, because I have a, you know, amount of internal hubris, right? And, um, but when I lost to him in the Continental Classic, it was like, uh, I'm just going to beat him down. I'm going to beat him mentally and he's going to fold like he always does, right? I'm not going into this match like that. You know, I'm treating this match different. And I know that regardless of what happens in our match, Fans will, at the end of the day, end this pay-per-view thinking about 
this means Sting's last match, right? This is historic. Mm -hmm. And Sting's impact on this industry is just incredible. And not just from a wrestling perspective, but just from a leadership perspective and in the way that he carries himself and the way that people look up to him and they'd be like, I aspire to be more like Sting than like a lot of the predecessors of, uh, you know, the leaders in, in wrestling of, of bygone years, right? So, and that deserves to be the, the thing that people talk the most about. But I want the secondary thing of all of that to be Brian Danielson winning his first AEW championship. There we go. And so I'm 100% focused. My eye is fully healed. Like I said, I'm full strength, all this kind of stuff. And I'm not coming in with the idea that Eddie's going to break, right? Which is something that I've always been able to assume he will. I'm coming into this match with a very strategic plan to dismantle him, essentially. And that's and that's focusing on my game and not focusing on like, okay, breaking him. That's under his control and that's not under my control. This match will be under my control. I love it. I'm so excited. Oh, this match uh, is probably one of the matches I am most looking forward to. Again, Brian Danielson, one-on-one. Eddie Kingston, the Continental Crown Championship is all happening this Sunday at Revolution, live on pay-per-view on Bleacher Report. You can also catch us live in person, Greensboro Coliseum. You can get your tickets, AEWTIX.com. Brian, thank you for being with us. Was that it? I, you guys just had one question, and I... I just talk so long that it just yes, pretty in. much. That's I it. knew exactly how that Excellent. was going to happen. <laughs> Excellent. You're all done. See you Wednesday. All right. Thank you, guys. That was awesome. I, I love Brian so much. I'm glad we finally got him on the podcast. But I want to talk about other people I love so much. And I want to talk about one match that I'm very, very excited about. Tony Storm, AEW Women's Champion versus Deanna Peraza. And I am so stoked about this. It has been such a great growth of timeless Tony Storm as as a person, as a wrestler, as a movie star, uh, and seeing Deanna come into AEW, appearing, whatever the word we chose was, <laughs> in her hometown of New Jersey, and just seeing the two of them square off week after week. I cannot tell you how excited I was when I heard that someone legitimately got a tattoo as part of moving a wrestling storyline forward. To see the pictures of Tony get that dagger through the duck on her leg, that is just commitment. And I love seeing when two people are so committed to something as much as Timeless Tony Storm is committed at retaining her championship and as Deanna is committed to winning this championship. I'm excited about what these girls bring to the table. I am extremely excited to see this match, to see it finally come to a head. Very true story. Um, talking about the guests we had on the show, we actually had Timeless Tony Storm scheduled to be the guest on the show. And she looked and said, I don't know how this contraption is supposed to work. And... Uh, <laughs> And so she wasn't able to be our guest today. But regardless, Timeless Tony Storm has been on such a run with this title. She won the title, of course, back at Full Gear, uh, defeating um, Hikaru Shida. She became a three-time AEW Women's World Champion. But it feels like of the three runs, this run has really been the one to cement who Tony Storm is in AEW. Absolutely. On the other side of that, Deanna Perrazzo, I think, has 
for lack of a better word, has taken the world by storm. Storm. And, <laughs> See what you did there. Uh, <laughs> and she has really come in and I think impressed everybody. Those who knew what Deanna brought to the table, I think are being proven right. But those who weren't familiar with Deanna's work, I think are coming away genuinely impressed with what she brings, what she does and who she is. And I think that being up against Tony Storm this soon and getting a shot at the AEW Women's World Championship, it's gonna be something really special on pay-per-view. I think that these two with their technical prowess are gonna blow some minds in the ring. And yes. I'm genuinely looking forward to the entire future of the AEW women's division, but specifically yes. this match. And really either one of them could walk away as the AEW women's world champion. And I think the division is going to be better for it. Absolutely. I think either, either one of these women is champion on Monday morning. I, I think hands down, I know this match is going to be great. It's great on paper. Both these people have been putting in the work for absolutely years to get to this point, and I'm so excited. Uh, we've got one other championship we're talking about before we invite our other guest on, don't we, Will? What is that other championship? Yes, we've got the AEW International Championship on the line. Orange Cassidy, who has been, really, he's had this championship off and on for the better part of a year and a half. And in holding this championship, he has been burning the candle at both ends. He, mm -hmm. When Orange Cassidy has this title, you just know that he is not going to stop. And he definitely has his biggest challenge ahead of him when the Undisputed Kingdom's Roderick Strong challenges Orange Cassidy for that championship. The Undisputed Kingdom, of course, revealed their identity to the world following World's End. Hey, it turns out all of that stuff that was happening backstage was them. Who knew? Oh. Um, <laughs> so... Now it's time to to prove it was all worth it. And the goal of winning a championship, we've heard Wardlow talking about winning the world championship, and that's one of his goals. But on the other side of that, you've got Roderick Strong, who's had his eyes and targets set on winning the AEW International Championship this entire time. And Orange Cassidy, again, we talk about burning the candle at both ends. We've seen before that as Orange Cassidy takes on challenger after challenger after challenger, eventually that candle burns out. And with Roderick Strong being as tough a competitor as he is, I just feel like this could be the one that puts Orange Cassidy's reign to an end. It very well could be. I mean, we saw recently in Tulsa, like it was almost... Orange Cassidy not even medically cleared to compete. So we talk about burning the candle on both ends. We've seen Orange Cassidy admit to how tired he is in interviews. Both of yeah. his runs uh, have been historic up to this point. Like he's exhausted. Well, and he was already Doc lazy to begin words, He said meets the minimum requirements. The minimum requirement to compete. <laughs> <laughs> Which you could feel like Doc Sampson just kind of as he said this. Like I want to put that in like gamer perspective because like you know, as a gamer, if you like you're playing on a PC and you get like this really high end games and you play it on the minimum requirements and that thing chugs, right? Like it's not. It really not, does. It really what a does. a great analogy, Will. <laughs> and you're not getting quite the performance you want. But hey, you had the minimum requirements. And I'm just thinking about the fact that Orange Cassidy met the minimum requirements for clearance uh, to compete when he faced Mike Bennett last week. And knowing now that. He's, you know, he's just coming off of a Texas death match. Yeah. With Matt Taven. This is a tough one. This is one where I am not exactly sure that 
Orange Cassidy can pull this off. But at the same time, you know, we've seen him stand toe-to-toe with John Moxley on multiple occasions. And in, uh, of course, one of the most recent ones, the most recent one, he did walk away still your AEW international champion. Uh, if there's anybody who can prove the doubters wrong, it is Orange Cassidy. But he's got a tough task ahead of him. He does have a tough task. I mean, Roddy is just such an excellent wrestler. And I think it was one of those things that we sort of underestimated him for a long time because he'd be coming out in this wheelchair and just yelling, Adam! for constantly. And by the time he finally stepped back in the ring, you realized how much of an incredible competitor this guy is. Like, Roddy is just... Like, he wants this championship, and he's got the Undisputed Kingdom behind him. They all are going after gold. It's it's not only just one thing to have the the drive yourself, but to have that drive to get gold, but also have a whole team behind you. That might be the thing that gets him across the finish line. This I, I honestly have no idea how this one's going to go. Yeah, uh, this one could go either way. This is AEW Unrestricted, and we're talking about uh, AEW Revolution. It is this Sunday, live on traditional pay-per-view. It's on Bleacher Report. It is also live at the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. You can get your ticks at AEWTix.com. That's AEWTix.com. We've got so much more to talk about on this show here because we've got our next guest coming up right after this break. We are joined by the AEW World Champion Samoa Joe. He's going to be talking about his three-way match with Hangman Adam Page and Swerve Strickland, and it's going to be right here when AEW Unrestricted continues. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. AEW Unrestricted, we've had amazing conversations with multiple amazing guests up to this point, previewing the awesome pay-per-view that is happening this weekend, Revolution, Greensboro, North Carolina, at the Greensboro Coliseum. This weekend, traditional pay-per-view live, Bleach Report, check it out, AEWTix.com. I am so excited for our next guest we have today, because this is the match that probably is easily the one I'm most excited about. We've got AEW World Champion Samoa Joe, who will be facing both Hangman Adam Page and Swerve Strickland this weekend in a three-way match. Joe, how are you feeling going into this weekend? Well, you know, I feel a lot of ways. Uh, You know, some ways a little bit betrayed by the decisions made that led to this point. But, you know, mainly I'm I'm, I'm pretty pretty excited about the the pay-per-view. And, you know, obviously... uh, Great championship brain start with great championship defenses, and I look forward to uh, doing as much when it comes to revolution. Well, yeah, yeah let's talk about the fact that uh, you defeated MJF at World's End to become the AEW World Champion. Um, you've since defended the title against Hook. 
and this is the first major title defense on pay-per-view that you've had. So uh, I, I guess let, let's talk about the fact I've been watching you. I'll start by saying it's a, a very long time. I've been watching you since about 2003-ish. And Ooh. so I, I have seen a, a good chunk of the Samoa Joe career. But knowing that this championship reign, knowing that you are at the stage you are at now and possibly performing at the highest level you've performed um how are you feeling right now as world champion i mean i, I feel like it's just right i mean i feel like i feel like a a glove that fits accordingly i mean what what more can i say i mean i'm here for a reason you know this was well thought out meticulously planned and i find myself the champion of the world and i mean that that's the thing i think a lot of people underestimate is the fact that this has always been a conscious choice this has always been a path i've been on and to find myself here it's, it's no surprise i mean there's no um how should I say feeling of awe and uh, whimsy with this whole, you know, championship reign. I mean, we knew where we were going. We got to the destination and now we find ourselves here. It was more of a matter of time type thing. Like we all oh, know absolutely. the moment that Samoa Joe showed up, that it was a matter of time before he held the world championship. There's certain inevitabilities in this world, as I like to say. Exactly. And I feel like you as world champion just makes so much sense in my mind because you've got this poise and this character that is becoming of a champion but at the same time you can merely just stand in the ring and you're a terrifying person so you have both things which just is so great in in a champion but i mean you've got a big match this weekend and facing two people obviously the tricky part about a three-way match is you don't actually have to be pinned to lose your championship, which is always kind of one of those tricky things walking into this. So is there any extra strategy that you're keeping in mind walking into a match, defending your title against two competitors? You know, I could come here and say that there is some grand strategy that I have to get this done. But let's face it, when it comes to a triple threat match, when it comes to an encounter where you do not have to be pinned, you do not have to be submitted to lose your championship, the chaos that ensues you know, it, it, it doesn't do well to plans that are already laid ahead of time. It just doesn't. I mean, you can't. I mean, you have to you have to make the snap decisions. You have to make the adjustments on the fly. And this is something I'm prepared to do. I've been in these environments before. I've been in some of the most memorable three ways in the history of professional wrestling. And uh, to find myself here with these two gentlemen, incredibly skilled, high level, dangerous individuals. I mean, I know what to do in these situations. And, you know, to say that is there a plan ahead of time? No, there's just protocol. When I get in there, I know what I need to do. I know who I need to get out of there, and I know what I need to do to retain my championship. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about your opponents, uh, because you've got two very, very hungry opponents in that you've got um, one guy, Swerve Strickland, never been world champion, never been a world champion uh, across the board. And, you know, he's talked for a very long time about how that's one of his goals in AEW, and he seems hyper-focused on becoming the champion. On the other side of that, you've got Hangman Adam Page, former AEW world champion. Literally two years ago at Revolution, he was defending that very championship, and here he is, again, trying to not only get back the championship, but he seems very focused on not just winning the championship, but preventing Swerve Strickland from winning the championship. And those two things, uh, those two men seem like they are hyper-focused on these goals. And for you, you don't necessarily, as Aubrey was pointing out, have to be involved in either decision. With these guys having such a storied rivalry, going back to uh, Wrestle Dream, where Swerve defeated uh, Hangman Adam Page, and then again in the Texas Death Match at uh, Full Gear. These two have been going at it for the last six months now, and it just feels like these two are so focused on each other 
that you don't necessarily have to be involved in any parts of what happens for either one of them to become champion. How do you necessarily strategize and reconcile the idea that these two almost seem to have put you in the background of their story? You know, I, I've thought about this and I, and I and I have seen exactly the things that you're saying transpire, transpire. Obviously, Hangman has a, a very, very big personal issue with Swerve. You know, obviously, when you stomp through a man's house and you rampage his life and you turn it upside down the way that Swerve did the Hangman, I mean, I can understand where that anger come from. And, and in a lot of ways, I can see where it's justified. And a lot of people would think in my position, well, you take advantage of that chaos. You take advantage of that singular hatred. But, you know, that's what makes this situation so much more dangerous because, you know, the fact that uh, they're willing to charge each at each other with reckless abandon, that leads to people getting flash pinned. That leads to people getting flash knocked out. And that puts my championship in very big jeopardy. But, you know, you bring up a point here, and, and, and I want to really hammer back on it, Will. You, know, you said both of these competitors are hungry. And what you fail to realize is why they're so hungry, because I'm out here eating well, because I dictate who has a place at the table in AEW, because I pass out the mashed potatoes at the end of the night. And you know what? You're right. They are hungry. They are very hungry. In fact, everybody's going to be real hungry in AEW from now on. In fact, I never want to hear about anybody being hungry again, because I know they are, because I'm eating, Will. I'm taking everything from everybody. And that's exactly what the strategy is going into this, is that I can't let these men dictate the future because they don't have a place at my world to dictate that future. They don't eat. So what makes you think they're going to be making those kind of decisions? I'm going to take those decisions out of their hands and I'm going to decide where the world championship goes. And it's going to go to the same place that it will always be at around my waist. Damn. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, oh boy, if I was not already excited for this match, I am now. Oh my God. On the other side of this pay-per-view card, uh, another guy that you have a lot of history with uh, in your career is the icon Sting, who, uh, of course, is wrestling his last match here at Revolution, a match we're going to talk about here shortly. But I, I wanted to ask you about uh, your history with Sting and your memories with Sting and uh, even tagging with Sting. What has Sting meant to your career and yeah, how are you feeling about uh, this being being on the card, having the world title match on a card as important as this is with this being Sting's last match? You know, I, I think when you, you, you talk about Sting and, and the wonderful relationship that I've had with him throughout my career, I mean, he's been a nemesis. He's been a friend. He's been a tag team partner. You know, he's he's been the man who's won a championship from me. You know, he's been so many things throughout my life and my career. And, uh, you know, uh, the, one of the biggest things is he's he's been a, a sage voice in, in chaotic times. He's been somebody who's been able to uh, speak a little calmness into a, into a very bad situation and help a young up-and-coming pro wrestler out. So of the many things he's been to me in my career, I mean, those, those are definitely the few examples that definitely stick out in my head. And, uh, man, for, for an illustrious career as, as he's had, you know, it's it's a quarter of that career I can only wish on to the to to my uh, you know my my, my biggest uh, most favorite person. So, you know, Sting Sting has definitely left an indelible impression on the industry, and I think that um, so much has been influenced by him, his style, what he's done, and what he's uh, represented in the ring. And to see him, you know, finish up his career in AEW, uh, it's bittersweet. It's a little bit sad, but at the same time, uh, no one deserves a, a send off uh, of the highest magnitude as as, as the Stinger does. 
Yeah, just, I, I mean, you hit it on the head. I couldn't summarize it any better, man. I, Joe, I just appreciate you so much taking the time to chat with us a little bit about your epic match that's coming up this weekend. I'm so excited about it. You can see AEW World Champion Samoa Joe defend his title against Hangman Adam Page and Swerve Strickland this weekend at Revolution in Greensboro Coliseum. I'm, I'm so stoked. Thank you for being here, Joe. Thank you, guys. And on the topic of Sting, we couldn't do this podcast without discussing the final match. It is for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Matthew and Nicholas Jackson, the EVPs, are challenging Sting and Darby, the AEW World Tag Team Champions, and what is Sting's final AEW match, his final match of his career. And it is happening right here, Revolution. Aubrey, how are you feeling about knowing that this is the end of Sting's career? I think I'm trying to figure out what the over-under is on time until I cry from the start that the like the bell rings, right? Because we did a whole episode talking about what Sting means to AEW, about all of his amazing matches, all the moments we've had with him. And to see him walking into a pay-per-view, into a building that means so much to him and his career, holding a championship with someone who has meant so much to him in his last three years of his career. Like Darby Allen is what Sting is going to be for the next generation. That is what one of the legacies that Sting is leaving behind. And it's so wonderful to see. I also absolutely hate Nicholas and Matthew, and I'm using their full names because I don't want to be fined. But the fact that they are coming in here and they're flaunting their EVP-ness and they're giving Tony Schiavone Amazon gift cards, which I was personally offended by, by the way. I mean, look, what you could get on Amazon, I don't know. Look, Matthew and Nicholas are my guys. Sure, sure, sure. Fine, whatever. We're going to agree to disagree. But either way, there's a lot of emotions looking at just this match on paper, given the opponent's that are facing against each other, but also looking at the grander scheme of things and what Sting means and what this means to Sting's career and what Sting means to AEW. This is the beauty of pro wrestling in a nutshell, is seeing this match in the main event of an AEW pay-per-view. And not just that, but thinking about, and again, I, I mentioned Matthew and Nicholas being my guys, but at the same time, there's so many different outcomes to this match and... There's so many different ways this can go and so many questions that would come following any one of those outcomes, you know. Like, what happens if he wins? <laughs> yeah, like, what what happens if Sting and Darby win, right? But at the same time, right? on the other side of that, Matthew and Nicholas have not been AEW World Tag Team Champions in nearly two years. Correct. You know, they last held those tag team titles in the summer of 2022. And they very much have something to prove. They... Regardless of everything that's been going on, of them reasserting themselves as EVPs, they're still also one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Yes. And they still have that to prove here in this match. And they still want to cement themselves as the top of the food chain as far as the tag team division is concerned. And so they still have that to prove. But at the same time, nobody wants to be the guys to put Sting out. And so... That that's kind of a hard thing to reconcile, getting those tag team championships, but also being the one to end Sting's career. On the other side of that, yeah, what does happen with the AEW tag team championships if Sting and Darby retain here? Right. 
I mean, they're undefeated. Like, this is a possibility. We've, we've talked about the illustrious career of Sting. He literally has not lost a match at AEW. But it's like, nope. this could be the one. But at the same time, like, it might not be. <laughs> right, right. And you think about the fact that, yeah, they are undefeated as a team. Sting and Darby never lost in AEW. Uh, and they've defeated some of the tag team greats. We talked about FTR earlier on the show. Sting and Darby beat them. They've beaten everyone that there is. Uh, that's been put in front of them so far. And so on one side of that, that is extremely impressive and it makes it kind of easy to bet on Sting and Darby as walking out of this with the AEW Tag Team Championships. On the other side of that, though, all streaks are made to be broken. Yep. Everyone eventually breaks. Every streak. It's almost the guarantee in professional wrestling. It's almost the guarantee in life. And if there's anyone who could do it, talking about all of the teams that Sting and Darby have beaten in a straight-up two-on-two match. They have not beaten Nicholas and Matthew Jackson. And they have not. They could very well walk away with the AEW World Tag Team Championships, become the first-ever three-time AEW World Tag Team Champions. My God, there's... Nothing I'm looking forward to more than this show. I can't wait to be, I mean, just sitting in the back watching this. I This is one of those matches I'll probably find a seat in the in the crowd. So yeah, if, you're, if you if can, you're there, I don't know. There's quite a few people there. That, the hard part <laughs> is that, have you seen the ticket sales? Uh, it's going to be oh kind of hard to find one. Um, but if you happen to see some on sale, definitely check them out. AEWTIX.com, AEWTIX.com is the way to be a part of the show. Greensboro, North Carolina, Greensboro Coliseum, uh, one of the greatest venues in the entire world. And we get to host Sting's final match there, AW Revolution. We get to talk about a wonderful card. I'm so looking forward to this Sunday. It's March 3rd, pay-per-view, live on traditional pay-per-view, live on Bleacher Report. You want to watch it. You want to be there if you can be. Aubrey. Are you ready? I don't think I am, but I I know I will be by Sunday. Oh my God. I'm so excited. We somehow always record these episodes and I am even more excited going into the pay-per-view than I was before we started. I'm so happy that we had our guest today, Daniel Garcia, Brian Danielson, AEW champion Samoa Joe. This has just been an awesome episode. Thank you for exciting me even more about this pay-per-view, Will. I really appreciate it. You can listen to this episode, uh, all episodes of AEW Unrestricted on Thursdays on all of your favorite podcast platforms and watch all of the AEW content, Dynamite Wednesdays, uh, Rampage on Fridays, Collision on Saturdays, but really, Sunday, you know where you're going to be. Greensboro Coliseum, North Carolina, AEWTix.com, traditional pay-per-view, Bleacher Report. Be there. Do not miss one of the most amazing moments in wrestling history. Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it up, up. Bring the house down. Got the big space pumping. Make them bounce now. Flossing like they're bossing and the freaks are coming.